In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite uh, Atlanta and Georgia guests, uh, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. All right, so Todd, I got to start in the obvious place here because I'm a pretty obvious sort. Uh, tell me the history behind Mud Duck, uh, Mud Duck, and who was the first person to call you that nickname? <laughs> uh, it came from uh, Coach Al Miller, who was a strength coach with uh, Dan Reed's staff, and he was a Louisiana guy. And everybody had nicknames, and the one he gave me was Mud Duck. Uh, so that's where that come from, and kind of kind of stuck throughout my whole career. Now I read up on this because. I... You know, I'm an interviewer who likes to prep, and Mud Duck has a couple of different terms and a couple of different meanings. What did it mean to you when he called you that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I had a uh, – I tell people I had a little bit of a waddle, or still do, when I walk, <laughs> you know. And uh, I wasn't the tallest guy, you know. So uh, I think that's where it came from. <laughs> right, I'm so hoping that's the story I'm going to stick to. Works for me. I'm not going to question you on it. Um <laughs> So before we go through some of your history, I want to play a quick game with you to see if we remember how many um, how many different quarterbacks had their hands under your behind. And Who? I, yeah. gonna, I think the number I have for the Falcons is 10, but I might be leaving some out. So let's go through this and see if the uh, the list checks off. Uh, maybe okay. even in order if you want to try it. Let's go. All right. Uh, Chris Chandler. Check. Now, now is this is – this, uh, is it just quarterbacks that had their – hand under center for one play two plays preseason let's say uh, let's say at least a regular season game okay uh did canal danny canal ever get a snap he did okay uh you're two for two you go to yeah mike vick mike vick you're three for three doug johnson you're four for four kirk kidner you're five for five uh, then we go to uh, Joey Harrington, Byron yep. Leftwich, yep, uh, Matt Ryan, yep, Matt Schaub, yep. Ew, who am I missing? There's Ew, one you're missing. Go back to 2007. Think the end of the season. End of the season. The, the, it was the great Chris Redman. Chris Redman. How could I forget Chris Redman? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, and maybe I forgot, but there are ten right there, which that's crazy. And and I know you know quarterback stability isn't always the the easiest thing, but that's pretty crazy to think ten different guys and you had a long distinguished career, but kind of crazy, isn't it? No, it is. It definitely is crazy. You know, and uh, I think my offensive line coach numbers aren't far off of that either. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of guys over that time and change over and. I think Paul Boudreaux might have been the guy that I was there with the longest, you know. Uh, seemed like we had a big turnover there also. All right, so I want to go back. Uh, so you grew up in Louisiana, played at LSU. Is that 
and, and maybe I'm wrong here, is that like for a kid growing up there, is that the dream, no matter what, that I'd love to play for the Tigers? Was that your story? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I always said there was there was one other school uh, because Notre Dame in the, in the late 80s was pretty hot. You know, they were always on TV. And that was the only school that I said if they offered, I would think about it. And uh, they never offered, so it made it pretty easy for me. And uh, LSU grew up watching games there in Tiger Stadium, and uh, it was great. Great getting an offer, getting to go play there and experience that because Saturday night in, in Death Valley, there's nothing like it. Who else offered? Man, I really wasn't a big recruit coming out of high school. I had uh, uh, all the in-state schools, McNeese, uh, Northwestern. Southern Miss did offer. Uh, they wanted me to play D-line, O-line. That crazy story there, Steve Inswinger, who was the offensive coordinator at LSU last year, has been there for the past few years. He was at A&M at the time I was coming out. <clears throat> Him and my dad played high school ball together. And he said, look, he said, Coach, uh, he said, Jerry DiNardo's coming in uh, for a visit. He says, is it okay if we tell him that Texas A&M has, has offered? He said, yeah, do what you got to do. So, of course, when Coach DiNardo comes in, the first thing he asks is who all is offered. And uh, we were able to throw that Texas A&M name out there without an offer, and I think it carried a little bit of weight. Yeah, leverage is a good thing. Um, yeah, always. So what is? how early did you start playing football, and, and when did you start playing O-line? I uh, started playing in the fifth or sixth grade. Uh, actually, my first year playing, I was a bigger kid. I played O-line. Uh, and then in high school, well, in middle school, I played fullback and linebacker. High school, I was a defensive end, tight end. Um, I would get a few snaps at center my senior year because I knew that's where I was going to be. Uh, I wasn't tall enough or fast enough to play tight end, but felt like I had good enough feet to play center. Uh, and then, of course, when I started starting at LSU, that's uh, the only spot I ever played. So you started playing football fifth or sixth grade. I want to pick your brain on something because a lot of us parents have the debate about when to let kids start playing football. And my youngest started playing this past fall at seven years old, and I didn't know what to expect. I mean, the skill level certainly isn't advanced, and it's a lot of running plays and not a bunch of hitting. What do you think, and what would you tell parents who are considering tackle football at younger ages? I tell tell parents all the time I I don't think it's necessary. I feel like sometimes – dads want their kids out there more than the kid actually wants to be out there. You know, with the, the evolution of 707 and, and flag football leagues, I think your kid can go learn those skills, you know, without the contact. And I really don't think you need to start playing football until you're in middle school. You know, it's crazy because I think baseball and basketball are different. I think you got to start as early as possible. Uh, but I think football is a sport that if you have it, you have it. And, you know, the skills can, they have time from middle school on to develop. That's interesting, yeah. Uh, so at LSU, you said not strong enough, not fast enough, not big enough, all those things that everybody always says about the guy who doesn't, you know, fit the, the profile of the NFL player. So did you right. think the NFL was in your future when you were a junior or senior? Yeah, I did uh, my sophomore year. Because uh, Coach Nardo come up to me and was like, look, he said, you know, we've been around several schools and, he said, you have what it takes to, to play at the next level. And, you know, as, as a kid in college, that's all I needed to hear. You know, I, I wanted to put in the work and to make sure that dream would, would come true. 
and uh, you know, late round pick, and the rest is, you know, it's, it's history now. 14 years there in Atlanta was I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything about the way it happened. If I would have come up to what 22 or 23 year old Todd McClure before the 1999 draft and said, "You're going to play for one organization for 14 years," what would you have told me? Uh, I'd say I'll take it. I'll take it right away. I don't care who it is, you know. I, I never would have thought my wildest dreams that I would play for 14 years and then to look back at it uh, with one organization. It was just I was truly blessed, you know, to raise my kids and my family in one city. Uh, didn't always have the best years, but no NFL team has, has had the best years. But I had a great time. Played with a lot of great guys and, and really enjoyed my time in Atlanta. Did you grow up a Saints fan? You know, I was uh, more of an LSU fan. People ask me that all the time. We really didn't watch NFL football. You know, I mean, we watched it, but I really didn't have a team that I that I liked. Uh, I was more a college fan. Uh, but my first professional game to go to was my senior year in college, and it was a, was a Saints game. Bruce Smith was uh, – on his way out, you know, it was a kind of retirement stops for him in each city. And uh, I got to watch him play one of his last games with Buffalo. Follow the podcast, Park, on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors, at the Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, it was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates, and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now, you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates. Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal. You can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You want to visit them online. i got a special landing page for you. You can go to rhodes Group. Dot com slash churnoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. Roads-group.com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matlana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Roads Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Roads Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 
So you were a seventh-round pick by the Falcons, which, I mean, that's long shot odds as it is. So tell me about the landscape when you showed up in Atlanta. Falcons are coming off a Super Bowl. Like, what did you think your chances to stick? You know, I, I, I was confident in, in my skills, but, you know, I didn't really understand the NFL and how everything worked. Uh, when I got into to OTAs and training camp, well, when I got into OTAs and practice, I felt like from watching the other guys that played the same position that I could do it, you know. Um, and I think I was fortunate enough to go out and, and make an impression with the coaches in OTAs and mini camps uh, because they got hurt my second practice of training camp. Uh, and instead of getting waived, they put me on the IR. And, you know, I thought when I tore my knee up that second day of training camp that my career was over with. But, but luckily for me, the Falcons kept me on the IR allowed me another training camp and uh, allowed me time to go out and prove myself. What did you as a rookie think of some of the personalities that were on that team? As I said, not too far removed from a Super Bowl team, and Dan Reeves is <laughs> as legendary as it comes. So what was your perspective on the coaching staff and the team? Oh, there, was, there was a lot of personalities on that team. You know, Coach, Coach Reeves is old school as they come, but you look at the players, you had guys like Jamal Anderson, Chuck Smith, Terrence Mathis, uh, you know, Chris Chandler, of course. A uh, uh, lot of guys that <laughs> coming into that season, you know, to talk to us who's going to get the biggest contract, you know, <laughs> uh, as a young guy coming into the league. And uh, definitely thought I'd be back in quick, but it never happened. <laughs> what um, – were you a quiet guy? Or, like, what was your personality as a young guy? Kind of listen and just kind of stay out of the way? Or were you more personality-driven and kind of mixed with some of the guys? No, you know, I stay. I kind of stayed in my lane. You know, I uh, there's rookies that come in. You know, even in my career, that uh, they run their mouth a little bit too much, and that gets them in trouble with the vet. So I just kind of, I'm a guy that sits and learns the ropes, and uh, you know, uh, I, I was a guy. You know, I wanted to go in and, and make a football team, and not not ruffle any feathers. So the team was about to go through some transition from the Chandler era to the Mike Vick era. Tell me about your recollections of finding about the trade that the Falcons had traded up from five to one, and what did you know about Mike at the time? You know, obviously uh, saw Mike as a college football player. It was just electric. Um, and I think with, with the Falcons getting him, it created a new buzz in the city. Uh, you know, a high-profile quarterback coming in, a guy that, that was a game-changer. He changed the way – uh, that position is played in NFL. You know, you look at look at the guys out there today, and I think he was at the forefront of it. He's a guy, and I'm sure if you ask him if he could go back, he would spend more time in the playbook and, uh, of course, change some things off the field that he did. But Mike was a great guy, tremendous talent, and some of my greatest memories are uh, with Mike, uh, with me snapping the ball to Mike Vick. The relationship between the center and the quarterback is always a special one, right? So I want to ask you about the two guys with Mike and Matt that you played with the most, but let's start with Mike. What was your relationship like both in practice or off the field, in-game? On the field and in the meeting rooms, I was tight with both of those guys, uh, probably a little closer to Matt. Uh, we'd watch a little more film together, a little more on the same page. But both of those guys, you know, I got early in their careers and I think played a, a small part in their development, you know, helping them learn the systems and uh, making some checks, discussing things with a young quarterback to to help their thought 
thought become a little quicker and I feel fortunate I got to play with two guys that played at a really high level at that position. So I've had some of your teammates from those years, you and Mike, you know, both, whether it was, you know, Chris Chandler, if I had it on the podcast, or DJ Shockley or others, who said they did recognize that Mike wasn't in the playbook as much or wasn't in the building as much. Did you recognize that early, and did you kind of have a takeaway as a young player looking at that? Yeah, you know, you know, it's a little bit uh, with Mike. He was sometimes the, the last one in the building, and, the first one to leave, you know, but the guy had an unbelievable raw set of abilities that, you know, you felt like he could overcome it. Um, you know, I, I just feel like if he, he'll admit to it, if he spent a little more time in that playbook early on, the sky would have been the limit for him. Um, but, uh, you know, a tremendous talent. We all have mistakes in our life that we wish we could go back and change. Uh, and Mike, I'm sure, has a few, too. So when you're blocking for a, quote, traditional drop-back quarterback, it presents its own challenges. What about blocking for Mike? Because I know <laughs> I know, in a lot of cases it might be just fun to sit back and watch him run, but I mean, you always had to have your head literally on a swivel because you didn't know where he was going to be at times. No, absolutely. You know, it was. I tell people all the time it was tough blocking for Mike because you didn't know, know where he was going to be. But it was, on the same hand, it was also easy because if you whiffed on a guy at the line of scrimmage, he could make a miss and, and turn it into a big play. So, uh, you know, he was one you couldn't watch him during the game, but I always enjoy going back and watching the, the tapes the next day just to see how amazing and, and what the things he did in the pocket uh, and down the field with his legs were just unreal. So I want to go through some of your coaches and, and tell me some recollections. First of all, what was your relationship like and thoughts of playing for Dan Reeves? Yeah, I loved, loved every, every bit with Coach Reeves. He taught me uh, – the right way to practice, the right approach to the game. He was a no-nonsense type of guy. Uh, you know, he was all, all business. And uh, I, I really loved my time playing for Coach Reese there in Atlanta. How different was Jim Mora? Uh, it was night and day. You know, you go from from old school to, to new blood, a guy that, you know, tried to, tried to be buddies in the locker room with a lot of guys, real loose, uh, totally different style of practice. Uh, we, we didn't condition with Jim Moore, which I love, uh, because we practiced fast. You know, there was no downtime in between periods, and we got in shape during practice. And I still do some of those things today with my, my teams that I coach because I don't necessarily believe you have to, I call it punishment run, just to get in shape. There's things you can do competitive-wise on the field to also get you in the same shape. Uh, Coach Moore was a fiery guy. Uh, I, was, I love playing for him. So uh, Schaub was just on the podcast with me earlier, and he said the same thing you did. He was trying to get too buddy-buddy, which there were a lot of good things about Jim, but he's like, I bet if he you know, went back at it, he probably would realize he was a little too close to certain guys. Is that your perspective as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I love playing for him. Uh, it's tough business, you know. You, you're going to have to cut guys at certain times, and I think if you get too close with guys, you know, you can't always – it's kind of like a boss hanging out with his employees. You know, you, you, you can't always get them to do the things you want them to do, and sometimes they'll overstep their boundaries. So you go from Reeves, as you said, ultimate uh, old-school guy, football, then more of, you know, personality, fast-paced. How just night and day was then Bob Petrino? Bobby Petrino, he was uh, oh, tough <laughs> to describe him. You know, he was <laughs> – 
not fun to play for. Uh, arrogant. Uh, he wouldn't talk to us in the hallway. I'm sure you've heard of a million oh, yeah. stories. Uh, he's a guy, a dictator that tried to come in and thought he was going to change the franchise. At the same time, he thought he was going to have Michael Vick as his quarterback, you know, which his story might have been a little different if uh, if Mike would have been the quarterback, but I still would have had the same thoughts about him that he was an ass. I don't know if I can say that on no, radio. you did. That's fine. Uh, no, I'm glad yeah. you did. Because yeah. I agree with you for what it's worth. But, well, let me ask you, did you know, did you sense once Mike was gone that Petrino wasn't long for the job? No, you know, not until there towards the end when it, when it all happened. Uh you know, because he came in was a quote quarterback whisperer and supposed to, you know, get Mike on the right track. Uh, he just wasn't the right guy for the job. You know, it, guys that are getting paid, you know, same same uh, same name signed on the bottom of his check as the players. You know, and he he treated the guys completely different, and it just it just wasn't a good match from from day one. How weird. Yeah, just the overall climate must have been unbelievable. So oh, that, brutal. That whole year, like, Todd, that is, as, you know, NFL players, you guys love routine and you love stability. And in 2007, between the Mike stuff, Petrino, like, is that the most chaotic year of your NFL career without even any debate? Absolutely, man. It was uh, it was chaos. You know, I, that all season, or by, well, it was during the season, I told my wife, I said, you know, if Petrino comes back, just before we go, and we, like you said, we are going through a lot, I said, I'm going to think about retirement. Because, I, I mean, I was completely miserable. It was like you felt like you were going to work every day to grab a shovel and dig ditches for miles. It was no fun at all. We weren't winning. He was a complete ass. And I was seriously going to think about retiring if he would have been our head coach again. Interesting. Well, then, I mean, again, you talk about the, the going from Petrino and, and the quarterback unknown to 2008, Mike Smith comes in in the drafting of Matt Ryan. I want to ask you about Matt in a minute, but how much of a calming influence was Mike Smith and how perfect was he for that time? Yeah, he was perfect for the time. You know, at the time when, when he was hired, if we're being honest, I had to I had to look him up, see who he was. <laughs> you know, he wasn't a, he really wasn't a hot name, you know, Uh time like you said he was the perfect guy you know he was he was a guy that 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 communicated well with his players got the most out of his players uh he put together a really good staff and then some young talent and you know i felt like some of our closest teams that we had mike smith era and i think a lot of it goes back to the man he was and the, the leader he was for our team in that season, as you're breaking in a rookie quarterback, like everything changes because Michael Turner comes in. And I, I have to imagine, Todd, for any offensive lineman, I mean, the pride you have when you have a running back who goes nearly 18 or 1,900 yards, like that's old school smash mouth football. How much did you love that? Oh, I loved it, man. And, uh, you know, our whole scheme with, with Mike Malarkey was that old uh, Pittsburgh Steelers scheme, uh, which was perfect for a young quarterback. You know, you're going to run it down their throat. You're going to play action here and there and take your shots down the field when you have the opportunity. Um, you know, you cut down on those those rookie mistakes that a quarterback might can make. And, you know, that that whole system just, just fit well. Uh, Matt played extremely well as a rookie. Mike Turner ran unbelievable. And, you know, we had a close group up front. And then you had Roddy and uh, Michael Jenkins, guys that made plays for us down the field. Finn, uh you know, it was just a really good group of guys. 
So you, you mentioned, you know, the relationship you had both with Matt and with Mike, just as a quarterback center would. Tell me about them in the huddle, because I, I always remember, like, the story was that Mike, you had to have him, you know, speak up. You couldn't understand, you know, because the, the you know, tone of his voice was so low. What about Matt compared to Mike in, in commanding the huddle? You know, uh, Mike was. We'd have to get him to speak up. And, you know, we talked about earlier during the week when we put in our plays, Mike wouldn't always know our checks. So we'd come up to the line of scrimmage, and he would tap me on the butt, and he would whisper whisper to me, my dog, what we got. <laughs> so early on, a lot of times I was telling him what plays to check to and what to run to or what to get, what look to get into. And uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt was completely opposite. He was a guy that spent the time in the book. He knew the playbook as good as anybody. Uh, from day one when he got in the huddle, he commanded the huddle, his voice, his, uh, his mannerisms, and I knew – early on that he was going to be a leader and play for a long time. I asked you about the personalities when you got into the league with the Falcons and that group. Well, let's look at the 2008-2009, sort of 2010 era of personalities because now you got a young quarterback in Matt, Turner in the backfield, Roddy out wide, here comes Tony Gonzalez. Give me some thoughts on that group and that uh, the core of, of players you had. That was a really good core, man. Yeah, you know, when, when they added Tony Gonzalez to the mix, uh, it was just like adding another weapon to your arsenal. Uh, defenses had to figure out what they were going to try to stop. Are they going to try to stop Burner in the running game or, you know, shut down the middle of the field with Tony? And then you had Roddy White that could stretch it. It was just a, a, a deadly combination. Uh, and it had to be a nightmare for defensive coordinators. And all those guys in their prime, I felt like, you know, were uh, – really good combo and we had some really good big games out on the field and glad i can say i played with with all those guys follow the podcast park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind the scenes looks at all our shows find us on twitter instagram and facebook at the podcast Park. i want to talk about one of our great sponsors at the Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, it was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates, and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now, you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates? Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal. You can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You want to visit them online? i got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads Group. Dot com slash churnoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. Roads-group.com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matlana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Roads Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Roads Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. Well, and you guys had a great run. I mean, for an organization that never put together back-to-back winning seasons, you guys did that in 08, 09, you know, 10, 11, 12. It all culminates. So I want to ask you about the 2012 team that gets off to an unbelievably hot start. I think you guys were 8-0 to start the year. You guys are the number one seed in the NFC. Um, I mean, you realize you're getting to the back end of your career. How important was that year for you to know that you had a legitimate chance to win a championship? No, it was unbelievable, man. And, uh, you know, I needed that at that point. You know, I think it's the reason why Tony came to Atlanta. You know, he was towards the end of his career, and he wanted to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, and we were right there. Like you said, we, we started off hot, uh, got all the way down to the NFC Championship game to the, I guess it was 10, 15-yard line, and you could taste it. You know, you knew we were going to go in and score right there. And, uh it just didn't happen, but, I mean, you know, I can remember the thoughts going through my mind as we're about to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, wish, you know, it's really the only thing I would change about my career is not getting the opportunity to play in the big game. Well, let me ask you about that NFC title game because you guys were up 17 nothing early in that game. And it's an offense. I mean, you couldn't be stopped, it seemed like, earlier. Matt was making big throws. Julio, big catches. I mean, everything was working for you at 17 nothing. Does your mind wander uh, into Super Bowl thoughts, or do you try to stay focused knowing that <laughs> stupid things happen in that game? Oh, no, no, absolutely your mind does wander. I mean, we're, we're human. You know, you start thinking about it. And you, you're thinking how close you are, and you got 30 minutes to go until that dream can, can be checked off. Um, and then all it takes is two or three plays the other way, and it changes the momentum of that game. You know, that was a really good defense San Francisco had. Uh, and an offense that had some power, too. And uh, the momentum switched pretty quick in that game. Did um, – well, let me ask you one more moment in the game and ask you about the, the post game. But, like, Matt, I don't remember too many times ever dropping a snap, whether it's in the shotgun or under center. Do you think back to that moment in that spot? Because you know, there's a million snaps in a game, but, like, gosh, you think one or two that could have been different. Like, what happens in that <laughs> moment where is it just taking an eye off a ball? Or, or like, how do you – Kind of look back on that moment where there was a big turnover in that spot. Man, just, just, uh, just a freak deal, you know. Uh, I get little kids ask me all the time, you know, how many times did you snap the ball bad? And, you know, in my career, and I could be wrong, but I think I had two bad snaps. One of them happened to be on Monday Night Football against my hometown or home state Saints, which everybody that I grew up with watched and saw that, you know. So just a freak deal, you know. Uh as a quarterback, you got a lot of things going through your head. Uh, your eyes are in a million different places pre-snap, and uh, I guess it's really easy to, to lose focus and for something like that to happen. How long does it take you to get over a loss like that? 
Oh, it took a long time. Just realizing how close you are and uh, uh, the opportunities that you had. And for me, being at the, the end of my career, I think I'm still getting over that, to yeah. be honest with you. So did you know that was going to be your final game? I, remind me of how the decision came about to decide to hang them up. No, uh, I wanted to play one more year. You know, uh, my contract was up at the time. And, uh, you know, we had some young blood in at the center position. And the powers that be at the time thought that it was time to go with, in another direction. And uh, I wish I could have played one more year. But, you know, it's I'm over that now. Uh, I'm happy with where I'm at in retirement life. But uh, just didn't feel like I got the respect that I deserved the way that process went down. Did you consider playing anywhere else? I did. I did. I tried to make every phone call I could to see if the Saints wanted a center. You know, you see uh, a lot of guys at the end of their career, you look at Brett Favre, you know, the Packers tell him he's too old, he can't play anymore, so what does he do? He goes and signs with a division rival. And you see guys do that a lot just to go go say, try to go, we're all um, have big egos when it comes to our abilities, I guess, as uh, professional athletes. And even though it might be time to retire, you still think you can do it. I thought I could have played one more year, but I probably couldn't have, you know. Uh, and the way my body feels now, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't play one more year. Well, I was going to ask you about that. What is the everyday aches and pains now when you play that long in the league? Just joint, all your joints, you know, my knees, my shoulders, and hips. Uh, just, you know, it's wear and tear. I knew that when I signed up to to play, and it frustrates me sometimes when guys act like they didn't realize that was going to happen when they played the game. Uh, I'd go do it all over again, you know. Uh, my body, like I said, my body doesn't feel best. It doesn't feel great. Uh, a lot of aches and pains, but part of the business, you know. It's what you signed up for. Uh, I'd do it all over again. How many surgeries did you have? You know, I had uh, my ACL, tore my ACL my rookie year. I had that same knee scope three times. Uh, I need to have both knees replaced right now. I'm trying to put off as long as I can. Probably need to have both shoulders scoped. I just hate the rehab part of having surgery. So as possible, plus, I'm, you know, my kids, I'm involved with coaching and all that stuff, and I, I don't want to take time away from that right now. So let's finish up by, like, the, the big look back at a 14-year career with one organization. And, you know, I know you guys who are former Falcons wear that, that badge proudly, and you should. But what does it mean for you to be, number one, as revered, as respected? And, and I know Falcon fans still, when Mud Duck comes up, I mean, Falcon fans bring up number 62. What does that yeah, mean to man. you? You're going to get me a little emotional. Uh, I love my time there in Atlanta. Uh, the relationships, uh, the guys that I played beside. The, the coaches that I played for, the city, um, you know, growing up or getting paid to play a kid's game, uh, unbelievable for me to do it in Atlanta in one city. I was just blessed. I tell people all the time, truly blessed. I stayed healthy for the majority of my career, got to do it with one team. Uh, and like I told you earlier, if there's one thing I could change, and that would be a, you know, Super Bowl ring on, on my hand. Uh, but, you know, besides that, I, wonderful career and very blessed well let's finish up then by because you said you wanted to be in the super bowl every player does how did you 
view the Falcons Super Bowl experience from a fan and a former player's perspective, the the run to the Super Bowl and then obviously the pain of the way they lost it. How did you take that? I was there. I was in the stadium, man. I had two Patriots fans sitting right below me and uh, I guess I put my foot in my mouth like everybody else and started talking trash a little bit too soon. <laughs> uh, you know, that's one that hurts, you know, to like we talked about in our the game I was in, the NFC Championship game, getting up 17-0, you felt like you were there. Uh, up 28-3, to you felt like you were there. It's over with. You know, you just got to close it out. And uh, I guarantee you, the 53 guys on their roster, the coaching staff, everybody, if they would, could go back in time and do one thing a little bit different, they would in a heartbeat. I feel bad for those guys, for the organization. And, you know, I need some bragging rights over these Saints fans with their wondering. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end it. Hey, Todd, it's a great pleasure, my friend. It's uh, an unbelievable career, and uh, thanks for sharing some of the stories with us. I know Falcon fans will get a kick out of it, and uh, nothing but health and uh, good thoughts for you and the family moving forward. Thank you, Matt. I always enjoy doing interviews with you, bud. Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to the great folks at the Rhodes Group. Remember, the Rhodes Group is where you want to go to have them shop your insurance rates, both car and home. They did it for me at no cost. They will do it for you at no cost, and they can save you a bundle of money. You have nothing to lose and only something to gain with the Rhodes Group. You can go to the Rhodes Group, uh, check out their great website. You can go to my Twitter page and find out the information there with a landing page right over to find out how they can get you 10 quotes as quickly as 10 minutes. Thanks to Brian Murphy for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Madlanta. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming uh-huh. And parties don't stop yeah. till 8 in the morning In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union. Free online and mobile banking. No minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.